0: Hey Queens, you're listening to Crown Thoughts, the podcast with your hostess Latina. This is episode 12, Cultivating Self-Trust. Before we dive into today's topic, I want to give acknowledge to that one, we're in the month of September. Today is September 17th. We're in the month of September and it is Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. And that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Uh, I I feel even working in the clinical field to talk about suicide, suicide awareness, how to prevent it, what to do when someone needs help, it still seems uncomfortable. It's, it's a conversation that you don't hear often. It's not brought up in the room. And from my experience working directly with those who are struggling and working side by side with their families. It still stirs up feelings of fear for many of us. Fear of how do I handle this? Sometimes there's the fear of is this contagious? Will I also somehow become in the same space where I'm not happy and I want to end my life? I... want to be very direct about what suicide is and why we should be aware of it and why to prevent it. But before we do all that, we've got to be able to create the spaces where we can comfortably talk about it. So how do I help someone? We have to first start the conversation, provide the support, and direct help to those who need it. That is one of the best ways that we can all help prevent suicides and save lives. It it can be difficult. It will be difficult when someone you know expresses such thoughts of having hopelessness. That is truly what it is. Um, I was reading on Twitter, I, I try to follow the hashtags and the trends that are geared to my interests and geared to my work in the mental health field and so September 10th was the worldwide suicide prevention and awareness day and I saw someone had tweeted that suicide does not make you weak suicide is the severe is is I'm sorry so they did say suicide does not make you weak but then the second part to that was initially saying that suicide or having suicidal thoughts are the symptoms of severe stress and anxiety. And I I felt like that was the best way to describe what many people could be experiencing. I can come up on here and give you all the numbers and the the data and the consensus about who's who's more impacted by this phenomenon what groups and races of people are taking their lives at a faster rate than others what's important is to know what can we do in those moments either for our loved ones our friends our co-workers and even ourselves we want to start out by talking having your willingness to express your concern for the person that is in crisis can be the best step into getting them someone some help it's the willingness to express your concern doesn't mean that you have to understand or have the right words to heal them or to make them feel comfortable that's a big role to put on to yourself to say I'm going to be that person to save them today that may not be true, but having your willingness to say, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to hear you out. Listening and being an active listener is such a great way of reminding a person, especially when they're in crisis, that you're not alone. Many times, especially when it comes down to like depression, it wants to trick you into believing that you are alone in your experience, that there is no other person in the world that could possibly be feeling what you're feeling. Next, you want to remain present. Remaining present is hard for all of us, even in just our day-to-day lives. We are so focused on work, school, our children, our relationships, building our brands. Um, We're we're down on our phones. Our phones gives us access to absolutely everything. And sometimes it becomes too much of a distraction. So when you're in the muck of supporting someone who is going through something very, very hard, you want to do your best to be present. Not saying we have to completely shut down our phone or completely shut down all of the TVs and devices in the home, but create the environment so that it is comfortable. Invite something to them that is a sense of comfort. It could be a warm glass of tea. It can be, can I offer you a hug? Can we get you a blanket? But you want to set the environment to show them that you are here with them. Our physical and emotional presence in a person's life makes a difference. When I have clients that come in and they're they're expressing that they're, they're having all these symptoms of depression, loneliness is one of the big factors that comes into play. When I have those who we are screening for or assessing for suicide risk, one of the first things I ask them is, if you can't see it for yourself, who do you have that's worth living for? You'd be surprised. My mom. It's my children. My friends. My dog. My cat. Don't ever, don't ever believe that there is not a reason for you in someone else's life. And so it's, it's so important to remain present, checking in with your friends when you can. Uh, but let's say we're getting back into the scenario of we are supporting someone who is actively having suicidal thoughts. Once we've, you know, shown our willingness to talk with them, we are being active listeners and hearing them out. We're remaining present by... Are um, whether it is you're showing good eye contact with them, you're sitting close by if you guys are on the phone, minimizing the noise around you, but doing what you can to show that you are there and you are there to show up for them. If we are continuing to worry about their safety, I advise you next to get help from a mental health professional immediately. Calling or texting 988 has become a game changer, and a lifesaver for many Americans. Last year, 988 was activated as the new three-digit dialing code, very similar to 911, but this is all in support of mental health-related distress. So when someone dials 988, they will be connected to the existing National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. This phone line, this lifeline is completely confidential. It's in support of us, so it's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, holidays, Christmases, any time of the year, this line is available. I have come into experience with those who may not be actively suicidal, but are having some really distressing moments and they have taken the time to call the prevention line. And what I'm hearing back, it's been a good experience. So, it's important, get to know the resources that you have in your community, whether it's seeing uh, what local agencies are supporting, mental health related um, events, uh, starting your own groups where maybe you and your friends, you, we rather than just getting up and going to brunch one weekend, you get together and make it an intimate night of just girl talk or group chat. We have to be able to have these uncomfortable conversations because someone needs it. Never doubt that because you see a smiling face that they may not be masking something more. So just to remind you, September is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. We can all be of help in preventing suicides and saving lives. Hey, Queens, welcome to Crown Thoughts, the podcast, a safe space for women of all kinds and for women of all walks of life to come together and chat. Crown Thoughts, the podcast is a movement of vibes, which encourages its listeners to dig deep and reflect. So with that being said, let's get into today's topic. Okay, and we're back. I just want to make sure that I uh, acknowledge what was happening in the mental health community and staying on top of um, big big days or big events like that where we can be promoting change and advocating for the needs of our people. Um, yeah, I just want to make sure that I'm doing my part in that. To kind of also stay in a theme for September The theme of this month is all about seeking a deep self-acceptance, self-acceptance that is based on who you really are and who you want to be rather than what others might expect of you. I was so happy because I received um, an anonymous question from one of the listeners, and this has been one of a big goal of mine, just how can I continue to stay uh, interactive with the with the audience, bringing in Q's and A's, and being able to really uh, tackle some questions or situations that you guys are going through. It keeps me in the know of knowing what it is that you need um, and how I can be of support. So I got this question and it came in anonymously, and I wanna honor this queen by not shouting out her tag, but I do see you. And the question reads, How do I learn to trust myself after I've been hurt so bad? And I was like, wow. (laughs) Wow, somebody sees me because I remember when I was really going through it and I'm going to take. As there are so many times I could be like, oh, I was so hurt this time and I was broken this time and I was damaged this time. But I'm gonna take what I'm what I'm hearing from this question and see how I can apply it to my own life. Again, it says, How do I learn to trust myself after I've been hurt so bad? I remember I was very sick with Crohn's. I had been on uh, a six month medical leave from work, so I was no longer in the field doing my thing, and I I held a lot of my self worth to what I produced, my productivity, how well I did in the school, how well I did at work, always being the best. I've talked about this before. So I'm sick with Crohn's. I'm not working. I break up with a guy that I was dating at that time, and. It, it shattered me because it was kind of like one blow after the next like oh my gosh when can i get a break i just started to rapidly decline deeper and deeper into my sadness into self-loathing and and shame and just essentially depression and i didn't want to be out i didn't i didn't feel comfortable going out with friends i didn't feel um good enough to be out in the world because I was afraid that everyone could see my sadness they're all gonna know that I was broken they're all gonna know that this person has hurt me they're all gonna know that my body is not working for me these are the things that I would tell to myself and after a while I realized that the only thing that was working against me was me yes I had to acknowledge what had happened You know, I didn't feel good during that time. But I had to have the willingness to assess what needed to be healed. Because all the while, while I was having things happening in my personal life, I was still also trying to push out content and be uh, this influencer. And the two wasn't working together because here I am telling women to be a queen and to do this and raise your standards and keep your head high and wake up every day optimistic. And I knew good and well that I was miserable. I was unhappy. I was pissed off with myself for the ways that I allowed life to kind of start playing. I had lost all control. And I, rather than saying, hey, these things happen to you, For you and all the good sayings, I saw it as, I can't trust myself anymore. Latina, you were wrong. Latina, you were bad. You were, there are so many negative self-talks that happened during that time. So to go back to that question, how do I learn to trust myself after I've been hurt so bad? Assess what needs to be healed. I knew that if I wanted to instill confidence in other women, I would have to first obtain it for myself. I would first have to forgive myself for the times that I did not behave in the manner of a queen. This was this was not me getting up, uh, partying too much and being around the raw crowd. My my instead, my distrust with myself really came up as like beating myself up having no desire to get into my self-care routine excuse me my self-care routine my hygiene was not the best I was really giving myself the bare minimum I was not getting any socialization I was just isolating myself in at the home um whenever someone would try to send me a compliment i was so blocked and so guarded that i could not receive love from others i was a hot ass mess rebuilding myself after Trauma, rebuilding myself after things that really broke my heart. I didn't think it was going to be possible, to be honest. I thought that I was always going to stay in this state of stuck. And it was easier in those times for me to just give in to my fears and my insecurities. I didn't have the skills to quiet the voices. So I would get in and out of bed every day at that point, it felt like my life was so gray. There was nothing for me to feel excited for because I kept beating myself up. These are some of the questions that I would ask. You didn't see that shit coming. You could have did better with your health. You're the reason that you have Crohn's. You're the reason that the guy cheated and left you. You're the reason it was, it was bad. Assess what needs to be healed. Try to understand where it's coming from. Why do you demand so much of yourself? Do you have tendencies that are, that are really pushing towards perfection or self-hatred? Are we practicing self-compassion? Accept that everyone deserves to be loved. Everyone deserves to be understood. We are all allowed to make mistakes. I, I have to remind myself sometimes, it's okay to make a mistake. You are not perfect. You have to have this willingness to not compare yourself to others. Don't compare your story, your journey to what the next queen or king is doing. There are times where uh, we're going to start off on the same race we may stagger behind someone we may surpass them we might catch up again and we're all in the same line but life itself is not linear we we tend to judge ourselves by the people who excel or who we perceive have an easier life who may have had few obstacles but that's not always the truth I also am aware that many people do a great job to put on a facade or to mask what might be really going on. And so why it is so best for us to continue to remain in a state of self-reflection doesn't matter about everyone else around you. In our society, it's common that we have to get over these feelings. We've got to move on or, um, some way, if we ignore the trauma that we experience and push it down deep, 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 then we won't feel it again. And there's this, re- there's this big rush to return to life after dealing with something that shook us to our core. That's not fair. Instead, what ends up happening is we leave our bodies in a stress state because we've just stuffed it away. I remember I, I wasn't in a rush to return to life. Instead, I was trying to hide from it because <laughs> I kid you not, guys. I was like, everyone is going to know that I am not okay, and I was afraid to what be judged. If we are going to get into truly cultivating self trust, we have to at first let go. What happened? It's okay the job didn't work out, it's okay, the relationship failed. it's okay, those people really hurt you. I'm not saying it's okay that those things happen, but I'm saying it's okay to acknowledge that they happened. Give a name to it if it helps. Name the feelings that are coming up for yourself. But if we are going to move past it, ignoring it, stuffing it, and dressing it up into something pretty is not going to work. It does not work. It doesn't work. And it may feel like it's working. I kid you not. I remember there were many times that I would put on a pretty face and and bust my ass at work. Take the kids to all of their sports events and check up with their schooling. And on the outside, it was looking like this girl is handling it. And on the inside, I was dying because at the end of the day when the boys would lay down for sleep and the house was quiet and I wasn't checking in with friends and I wasn't on the phone with this person or going on dates with that person when it was just me by myself I was crying I was hugging my pillow sometimes I would put my face into the pillow just so that no one could hear the tears that were falling how sad do we have to schedule our times to fall apart stop ignoring it accept assess what needs to be healed once you've acknowledged it maybe acknowledging comes with doing some therapy but now we are you know we've 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 worked on what's happened and we're processing it and exploring new healthier habits through therapy or we're back into the gym, maybe we're doing some yoga, we've changed up our diet. Those are all great habits to have. And I just talked about that in the last episode about the power of our habits and our routines. But once we've gotten into that rhythm, we want to start cultivating the self-trust with some consistency, checking in regularly with what your needs are, asking ourselves difficult questions and then be ready to answer them honestly well how did i handle myself just now in that situation was i showing my best self or was i showing my ego well how did that person treat me in this situation did i feel good did i feel validated could i have done something differently in those moments to honor my needs Maybe it, it cultivating self-trust is being a parent to yourself. This is a big one that I'm hearing now about how many of us have to reparent. Reparenting is very hard because we are trying to fill into the spaces that our caregivers for whatever reason just could not support us. Being a parent to myself looks like making sure that I'm eating well, being patient rather than being explosive Allowing and inviting spaces and times for play and fun. Those are the ways that I parent myself. Another way to cultivate self trust would be allowing yourself to say no. I have become an advocate for no. (laughs) And I don't say it to be rude or to be like offensive but really saying no for something in the moment. Because there used to be times where I would be so anxious, I would always say yes to things. And then I would hate when those times come where I would have to uh, put up my half of what I agreed to. I'm not doing that anymore. Again, that comes with also learning what your boundaries are, starting to create them with people. Maybe we're reteaching our boundaries to some people, that's okay. We are doing what we can to respect ourselves and our opinions as much as we do for others. Because when we've created an environment where we don't trust ourselves, it's oftentimes because we put others and other things before our own self-worth. Another great way that I have begun to Start rebuilding my self-trust and practicing self-trust has been through my own awareness of my body being attuned to my body and being attuned or attuned to my mind's inner signals. And I know you're like, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> um uh being attuned to my body or being attuned to my mind for me looks like knowing when I'm tired being aware of what foods are triggers of mine um being willing to say I'm going to go to bed a little bit earlier tonight versus I'm going to stay up all night and be on the phone or binge watch a show I know that I can't do 3 to 4 days of Waking up at 6 a.m. and then trying to go to bed around 11. It just doesn't work for me because then in the following days, I'm going to be super grumpy. I'm going to have zero patience for my kids. And it, it impacts my ability to be present for my work and just to be present for myself. Another way that I'm becoming attuned with my my body and how my mind processes things is noticing what makes me anxious. I know that I do much better if I prepare for things that I'm going to attend, whether it's like a, a big event or even if I'm going to teach a small class. I can't get up the day of and be like, okay, this is the outfit I'm gonna wear and these are what I'm gonna talk about. It doesn't work that way because what then happens for me is I become super impatient. I'm frustrated. I'm angry driving across I-95 and maybe I didn't take the time to eat breakfast and now I'm trying to scarf something down and I'm not grabbing for water. At that point, I'm going to need some coffee because I went to sleep just five hours prior. No, 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 no. I can't do that anymore. Practicing self-trust with myself is knowing that sticking to a good routine helps me to be my best self. Practicing uh, self-trust also now looks like for me, working on a bit of my self-esteem and confidence. So, doing things that are one small step outside of my comfort zone, at least once per week. And every week it looks different. It could be going on a solo date. It could be trying to wear a new color. It sounds cheesy, but many of us like to just always wear black. And so in this season, I'm playing around with patterns and colors. Um, Another big thing for stepping out of my comfort zone is showing my face more on the camera for the social media part of the podcast. So not only just doing yoga videos or showing when I go out to some of the events or doing my more exploratory things, but also recording myself when I'm actually recording these podcast episodes. I kid you not. It makes me super anxious. I don't always like to be around the, behind the camera because I'm like, well, what does my face look like? And maybe I forget something. Or are my lips too dry? That's not trusting yourself. You've got to go into the room knowing that who you are is just who you are and who needs to see you, who needs to hear you will gravitate to you. So get clear about what your deep self-acceptance is going to look like. Get clear about where there are parts of you that maybe are still broken and needs a bit of a, some healing. But if we are still in a space where we just, we don't feel like we trust ourselves, we don't feel good about how we're showing up in the world, you have to understand where it's coming from. Being negative, impatient, critical, and overbearing, those things start to become so automatic that we don't realize that it's a habit. We have to learn how to interrupt some of these habits Be kind and positive to ourselves first before we can do that for others. Healing is so vital. When you are emotionally or mentally unavailable, you're going to attract that same type of energy. When you are insecure, you attract a level of insecurity in your relationships in your workspaces and just the people around you. Get comfortable in not accepting anything unworthy of who you are. Your worth is what you believe your worth to be. So if you feel like that, um, "Mm, I'm okay, then you're always gonna get okay situations. Whoever you were in the past is no longer who you are now. For many, many years, I operated from the space of an 18-year-old who made the choice to have a baby young and then was left to raise that baby by herself. That's a truth of mine. I Had to do the necessary work to understand where those feelings were coming from, how they were showing up in my day-to-day life, how I was allowing people to mistreat me, and also how I had no self-compassion. Whoever you were in the past is no longer who you are now. Desire more. Tell yourself you can have whatever it is that you want. As long as you are in the in the proximity of what God, the universe, the spirits, whatever it is that you believe in, be in alignment for what is over your life. That is how you know you're on the right path. Do your best to live in the present time. Do the work that you can so that we can attract and manifest the relationships, the wealth, the success, and the love that you want. It really does all start with you. Healing begins in the mind. Earlier in this this podcast episode, I had said, sometimes we feel like the hurt is still hurting us when really it's just us. We continue to leave ourselves in this seat of sadness assess what needs to be healed I want to leave you guys with just a couple of um, reflection questions this is the time where you can pull out a pen and paper if you haven't done so already and just write down some of these questions and when you can journal, see what comes up for you Journaling is a big tool of mine when it comes to cultivating self-trust because it's an intimate moment where you and your thoughts come together and you put those things down in paper. So first thought, what makes me unique and how can I celebrate that? What rituals do I have that make me feel nourished? And when I say rituals, it also means what actions, what affirmations or daily practices do I use that make me feel purposeful and confident? And a last question, can I feel okay with following my heart and not knowing where it's leading me? That's a big one. After we have been hurt, after our trust has been broken, there's the fear of unknown, what's happening next? Can I trust what's coming for me or coming towards me? You have to have the willingness to let go and just believe that everything that is coming my way is for me. Every experience that I've had will and can make me to be better. That is the truth in all of this. I wanna thank the listener that sent the question over to me because it was real. It also helped me to um, maybe push out some more things that gives a little bit of vulnerability and transparency on my part. If you or anyone else, you know that may have a question that you'd like to hear answered on the show, shoot me a DM, send me an email. All of my information is available on my website www.crownthoughts.life There are several ways we can all be connected now. Again, with my website, that I think is the main starting point because it gives you access to the podcast. Finding me on, on psychology today, if you're interested in receiving services, I do practice out of the state of Connecticut and I am accepting Husky Insurance for those who live in Connecticut. You should understand what I'm talking about. This is a big thing. <laughs> uh, start with the website www.crownthoughts.life. Again, on there you have all these ways to connect with me. But if you also want to just be uh, in connection of what I'm doing on social media, follow me on Instagram. That's Crown Thoughts Podcast. On Twitter, it's at Crown Thoughts with the underscore on the end. I do have a TikTok. Oh my gosh, if I could tell you what the name of it. <laughs> I have to laugh sometimes. I feel like I'm I'm starting to get a little old in some ways because if I could, I would not be on so many different platforms. Not all of the platforms uh kind of operate the same. And I know there's many, many different ways to Try to be able to like post from one starting point and have them all posted out. Simon, see, I can't even explain it. My TikTok is at Crown Thoughts Pod. <laughs> the Instagram page is at Crown Thoughts Podcast, all one word. And then if you want to follow me on Twitter, Twitter is, is always just for, uh, I say shits and giggles, but I try my best to push out things that are going to educate, empower, and advocate for anything related to mental health as well. My Twitter is at crownthoughts with an underscore. Connect with me. I love being able to hear what the audience wants to talk about, what topics are interested in interesting you if you have a question that you would like for me to answer send it my way and also I am always looking for guests so if you yourself or you have someone that you'd like to refer connect with me I want to know (laughs) Uh, I've been having so much fun in this third season and we just keep growing elevating and expanding My words are running short on this episode, Um, so please hit me up. What's up, guys? (laughs) As always, queens recognize queens. The queen in me sees and recognizes, acknowledges, and sends love back to the queen in you. I am your hostess Latina, and this is Crown Thoughts, the podcast.